and welcome along to Edie's Net Zero Business Podcast, our spin-off podcast series focusing on the growing need for businesses to align their strategies with climate science and set net zero emissions goals. senior reporter Sarah George and I'm going to present this episode so very warm welcome to you. We've been running this series since the UK set its net zero target in law for 2050. Since that moment more and more businesses and public sector organisations have been attempting to get ahead of the curve strengthening carbon and energy strategies and pledging to become net zero businesses well before the 2050 deadline. In this series Edie speaks to the trendsetters and trailblazers those that have set these targets. It provides insight on just how much work went into developing them. So each of these episodes features one in-depth interview with a business that has committed to a net zero strategy. Yes, I'm delighted to be back in the virtual ED podcast studio for what is the second net zero business podcast of 2021. With COP26 on the horizon and the biodiversity COP to come before that, 2021 is set to be another busy year for net zero announcements. And crucially, the expectation is that all organisations will bridge the gap between talk and action, as the 2020s has been dubbed the decade of delivery. With all of this in mind, it's a pleasure to be bringing you today's episode, featuring an expert speaker that has been making waves in the sustainability space in UK food and retail. Today's guest is Mark Cudigan, CEO of Ella's Kitchen and Head of Sustainability and Marketing at Hind Celestial Europe. Ellers is working with other B Corps to transition to net zero by 2030 and, in our exclusive interview, we talk about how collaboration and knowledge sharing could be key to achieving such rapid progress. So without further ado, here is that interview with Mark Cudigan from Ellers Kitchen in full. Well, good afternoon, Mark. It's a pleasure to have you on the Net Zero Business Podcast. How are you? I am very well, thank you, and thanks for inviting me to take part in the podcast. No problem. It's great to great to see you again, and yeah, to delve a little bit more into into this net zero work that the company is doing. Um, and I know we've had you come along to speak at some of our events and on some of our content um, bef- before. And it's it's great to have a CEO on the line to be to be honest, because a lot of the time we work with sustainability professionals. Um, so I guess the obvious place to start is where responsibility for net zero and sustainability more broadly sits sits at Ella's. So do you have specific professionals? And if so, how do you work with them as 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 an executive? Yeah, so we do. So our total team at Ella's is just under 100. Um, and we have two uh, team members dedicated to our sustainability strategy. So they work full time on sustainability. Um, however, as the CEO, and this is probably why I'm, I'm so passionate and I always talk about it, ultimately, I feel it's my responsibility to champion sustainability, both throughout the whole company, so throughout Ellis Kitchen, and really importantly for me, with all of our partners. Mm-hmm. So sustainability is not an add-on at Ellis Kitchen. It's how we do business and why we do business. Um, we don't have 
a separate sustainability strategy to our business strategy. We just have one strategy and our sustainability goals are like front and center of that strategy. Um, and I'd also add, you know, sustainability is completely integrated into every area, every team and every level at Ellis Kitchen. So each function has sustainability KPIs in the area they must fulfill. So it's very much like the lifeblood of the business, I would say. Mm-hmm. Great. And I know we've had um, yourself and other reps from the business on to talk about things like um, packaging and social sustainability in the past. But today we're specifically going to be looking at um, net zero. Um, and I know that the business recently announced a 2030 net zero um, goal. So it would be great to hear about how you came up with 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 that date. Well, actually, I can't claim credit. So it wasn't us that came <laughs> up with that 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 date of 2030. So Ellis Kitchen is a, a certified B Corporation um, and the 2030 deadline was actually decided by B Lab, who are the charity that runs the B Corp movement. It wasn't specifically you know, chosen by us. Mm-hmm. The deadline was decided around COP25 at the end of 2019, when over 500 certified B Corp businesses signed up to this commitment. Great. Well, I imagine it's good good to have lots of other businesses on the same same road and that you can interact with them and collaborate with them on that. Well, yeah, I think well, collaborate is, is a brilliant word because I would say it's really important uh, for two reasons. Firstly, it is about collaboration, right? So net zero will only work if every company on the planet is net zero, right? So building these alliances with the same goal is crucial. You know, we need to take each other along. Um, along the road, but also help each other too. And secondly, I would say it's about accountability. So setting your own targets is fine, but you, if you have the authority to push back on those, they don't really count for much. But being a B Corp and having had these joint targets set for us and, and agreed, um, which we've publicly committed to, it keeps you accountable to your commitments. So I think it's really, really important. Mm, for, for sure. And then sort of looking at Ella's specifically. Um, so as a business of your size and in your sector, what are your biggest sources of, of emissions and how are you going to address these in, in line with that, that B-Lab commitment? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's not going to be easy. I can promise you that, you know, we've committed to net zero through developing science-based targets. So with these set, we're now on the sort of path, I guess, of implementing the plan um, and we know that we must reduce our carbon output by just over 50 percent in order to fill our targets and become net zero by 2030. So 50 percent is you know it, it's a lot um, and as a food and drinks brand not surprisingly emissions from agriculture and animal protein are the obvious areas and we're working on strategies around kind of sustainable nutrition. Mm-hmm. But it's very much a balancing act between sustainable agriculture and ensuring we're still providing, you know, babies with the right food that they need. You know, that is always going to be our priority, having the right food for children they need as they grow up. So, you know, I sort of laughed at the beginning. I mean, this is going to lead to some really difficult conversations and decisions for us at Ellers, which of course, is fine, um, but it's going to be really, really difficult. We will get there, but there are going to be some really difficult questions we're going to have to ask of ourselves of what we're going to do, how we balance these things out. Um, so, 
So sorry, do you guys have science-based targets approved already? I know you mentioned. Yeah, we, we will do in the next couple of months. Um, so we've measured everything, scope one, scope two, scope three. We've offset scope, scope one and scope two. Um, and we are just in the process of putting science-based targets in. And then that will then we can work out how we're going to get to net zero. Um, so in the next couple of months, we'll be there. Um, so another area is is packaging. Um, I'd say this again is going to be really complicated, but returning to the theme of collaboration, we are part of something called the Flexible Packaging Consortium um, with companies like Mars and Nestle. And we've been working for the last two years on recyclable solutions, not just for our products, but for all flexible packaging in the UK. And we've made really, really good progress. In fact, there's going to be some news on this in the next couple of weeks, which is really exciting. Um, up until now, this type of packaging, so flexible packaging, is not collected and it's not sorted by local authorities, as it's been viewed as too difficult and not commercially worthwhile to do so. Mm-hmm. We believe we found a solution on both of these issues, which is great. So those are the kind of the main areas of where we've got to focus on to become net zero. But lastly, and I would say most importantly for me, um, is I would argue our responsibility to lead and inspire our network of suppliers and partners to follow us with net zero ambitions and also with B Corp certification. Um, So I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we have a team of under 100 people at Ellis, but there are probably close to a million people who work for companies that we work with. And we have an opportunity, and I would say a responsibility, to try and change their lives and minimise the impact their companies have on the planet. And if they certify as B corporations, that will happen. Um, and in two years, we've already made great progress with lots of our suppliers certifying as B Corps. And I hope if we come back and do a podcast in two years, I'd be able to say that half of all of our partners and suppliers will be B corporations, which is incredible. It's not about us. You know, if we become, you know, like I mentioned before, if we become net zero and no one else does, well, that doesn't solve anything. Everybody has to become net zero. So every single company has to be on this pathway. And it's only going to happen if companies stand up and lead and inspire others to follow them. Mm, for sure. And and you mentioned there some of some of Ella's suppliers and some of the retailers that stock your products and some other brands that are maybe just using similar similar packaging. Um, mm. But I was I was having a look at your CV like I always do for this. Um, and I know that you also head up sustainability and marketing at Haynes Lessee Europe. Am I saying that right? Or is it Hein? Uh, yeah, yeah, Haynes. So I'm sort of head of sustainability worldwide for the company. Yes. Mm-hmm. So can you take learnings from from Net Zero at, at Ellers to, to those brands as well? Yeah, of course. And, you know, one of our, our sister companies, so Cully and Sully, so Haynes Celestial Ireland certified last year as a B Corporation. So absolutely. I mean, my, my ambition is for all companies to become B Corps. And people may laugh and think that that's not possible. But um, B Lab, like I mentioned, the charity that runs the movement, we are putting together a uh, a, a movement, I suppose, um, of incorporating the B Corps to try and change Section 172 of the Companies Act, which will force all companies, every single company in the UK, to start behaving like B Corps, to, to start having people, planet and profit on an equal footing. 
which would be incredible. And people may think that's fanciful. It's not. This is the way we need to go. And it can never be achieved unless someone tries, right? Yeah, well, it can never be achieved. And and the thing that I, I find most frustrating, but also most exciting in a strange way, is actually this idea that, you know, well, not idea, well, this idea that you can have your cake and eat it. Like Boris Johnson said, you can have your cake and eat it with Brexit, which <laughs> I don't want to get derailed with Brexit, but obviously you can't have your cake and eat it with regard to Brexit. But with regard to running your company in the right way, of actually trying to balance people, planet and profit. If you do that, you will be a more successful company commercially. So just looking at the, the profit side, you will you will have more engaged people, but will do better work. You will be able to connect with your consumers better. So it, it's, it's a no brainer. I'm definitely going to have to email you when I do stuff about engagement later, <laughs> later this year. <laughs> um, but for today, I just have a couple of other quick questions about about net zero. Um, really. So you mentioned how the deadline was set by B-Labs, but did B-Lab also choose the language of of net zero? Because in doing this series, I've seen a lot of overlap between net zero and carbon neutral. And Mm -hmm. some businesses are even saying carbon negative or carbon positive, which to some people mean the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So how do you differentiate between these these terms? And is that something you picked yourself or were you guided by B-Labs on this one? Well, I'm not, an, you know, even though I have this title of head of sustainability, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a sustainability expert, but I am very passionate. It is incredibly confusing. And that's before you get into the world of offsetting, which is a bit like the Wild West. You know, you, you, you can plant a tree for seven, eight pounds, which is what we do. Or you can you can plant it. You can do what we would call seed bombing, where you bomb an area with seeds and people say that's a tree and that will cost you 20 pence. Well, that's not a tree, you know. <laughs> you have to cultivate trees and look after them, which is why, you know, there's a cheap way of doing it and there's a right way of doing it. Um, so in terms of it, I thought it was really interesting because I think it was just last week, Bill Gates said that there are two numbers we need to know, 51 billion and zero. Now, the former, 51 billion, is the number of tonnes of greenhouse gases typically added to the atmosphere each year as a result of human activities. The latter, zero, is the number of tonnes we need to get to by 2050 in order to avert a climate crisis. So carbon neutral is not the same thing. We could be, Ella's Kitchen could be carbon neutral and still be emitting the same number of uh, tonnes. So in fact, the world could be, the, the whole world could become carbon neutral, but still be emitting 51 billions of tons into the atmosphere. That's not going to, that's not going to wash. It's not going to solve the problem. So with carbon neutral, there is a temptation to rely on mitigation and mitigation only. And this, for for me anyway, this leaves room to still allow behaviours and practices that are hugely detrimental. So based on the idea that someone else, somewhere else, you were cancelling it out. So a company that's business is say for example fossil fuel extraction could become carbon neutral by clicking a finger and say by planting some trees right but it is still harming the planet irreparably and we will never see the dramatic improvement in the atmosphere and the environment this way so we need to reduce and you know when i mentioned for us to become carbon uh, to become you see i'm getting confused to become net zero you know we know because we've, we've had it assessed, uh, 
by third party and we're putting science-based targeting, we know we need to reduce our carbon by 54%. And for us, planting trees, which we do, rewilding highlands, which we do, all of these things that are good for the planet aren't about the carbon we're going to put out in the future. It's about reversing the carbon that we put out in the past. Great. Well, that's so interesting. I'm sure that will resonate with a lot of people listening today, Mark. But that is my last question on this. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and learning more about Net Zero for Ellers. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And um, I look forward to talking about our, our next topic. Yes, a big thank you once again to Mark and Edie will, of course, be keeping a keen eye on Ella's Kitchen's next sustainability announcements. Of course, the Net Zero movement has been gathering pace far beyond the walls of Edie and of Ella's. And with that in mind, it's time for our Net Zero news in brief. Over the past month, there have been some big developments in the Net Zero conversation globally, even amid COVID-19. So I'm going to pull out three big stories for you now to get you up to speed. Firstly, Drax is scrapping plans to build what would have been Europe's biggest gas plant in Yorkshire after facing legal challenges from green groups who argued that it would jeopardise the UK's net zero transition. The Department for Bays had given the project the go-ahead in 2019, but Client Earth then opened legal proceedings against that decision. Secondly, Prince Charles's Sustainable Markets Initiative has launched a new financial services task force on net zero. The Bank of America, BNP Pariba, NatWest and Lloyds Banking Group are among the first members. The task force is going to develop a pathway mapping tool for use across the sector that will enable a collective transition to net zero across all key emission sources. Earlier this month, Bank of America committed to net zero financed emissions by 2050. And lastly, just this week, we've had a flurry of major net zero and carbon neutral pledges in the private sector. Um, Food2Go Major Greggs is aiming to reach carbon neutrality by 2025. Virgin Media has set the same deadline to achieve carbon neutral operations. American fast casual restaurant Sweetgreen hopes to become a carbon neutral business by 2027. And UK-based convenience food manufacturer Greencore has outlined a 2040 net zero vision. You can find information about all of these stories on our website. Before I sign off for this episode, I'd like to take a moment to remind you all of Edie's next online events, and both of them are on topics that are crucial to the net zero transition. On Wednesday the 10th of March at 1pm at GMT, we are hosting a 45-minute masterclass on energy efficiency in association with the Carbon Trust and Bayes. Carbon Trust's Programme Manager for the Industrial Energy Efficiency Accelerator, Paul McKinney, Bayes' Head of Industry and CCS, Tony Allen, and Bam Nuttall's carbon reduction lead, Sarah Jolliffe, will all be presenting. This is going to be a must-watch for anyone looking to supercharge their organisation's energy efficiency progress in 2021. Then, on Thursday the 25th of March, from 1pm to 4pm, also GMT, we are hosting three virtual circular economy inspiration sessions. Across the afternoon, we will be hearing from experts from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, Innovate UK, IKEA and The Body Shop both through presentations and through interactive Q&A sessions that give you the chance to get involved. You can find out more on both events and register to attend at ed.net slash webinars. That's ed.net slash webinars. In the meantime, please do subscribe to us and follow the ED podcast portfolio on SoundCloud, iTunes or Spotify. And for more Net Zero news, the ED website and newsletter will be your go-to. The sign-up button for our newsletters is in the top right corner of our homepage on ed.net. 
Um, but that's all for me from today. So until next time, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>